<laughs> Welcome to the first ever episode 242 of the Kind of Funny Games cast. I am Tim Geddes, joined by one of the coolest dudes in video games, Greg Miller. Shout out to Sven yeah. yeah, man. For, for a riveting uh, pre-show where we talk about this dude. He's half Sven, half <laughs> This <goal>. dude. <laughs> You're half insulting Sven. what Sven Gooley is to every <laughs> Chicagoland fan watching. Uh, you guys can go to patreon.com slash games to get the exclusive pre and post show. Is it worth it this week? Oh, yeah. Imran, what do you think? We had a lot of talk about Sven Gulli and what he looks like. Mm-hmm. Did I we find out one of, that Imran can't see lasers? We did. What about my dragon rot theory that entertainment sickness can affect you in real life? The former and former <laughs> Imran Khan and FM3 himself. FM3 underscore on Twitch. How are them Fran Fridays going? Uh, on and off. Uh, I mean, I've been doing it. I Not can't so remember because well. I've been sick and like last week was the raid in Destiny. But no, I'm I'm still always there uh, to the best of my abilities. On Friday, I'll be there this Friday playing oh, yeah, Destiny. Imran, mm. you've been streaming too. Yeah, how's that oh, been I going? Catch these. I it goes fine. I'm playing through Shenmue two, cool. and yes. I increasingly am discovering that Shenmue two kind of sucks. Wow. Like no, I mean Uh-oh. I'm. I'm sh- I am sure an old game, in dude. nineteen or in two thousand two thousand one when that game came out. It was revolutionary. In 2019, when you're catch three leaves consecutively, and if you miss one, then you had to redo this entire minigame, that sucks. Yeah. And they should really, like, I, I'm hoping Shenmue 3 is different. Mm-hmm. When I get to it, I'll figure that out. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're That's uh, cool. Imran, What's your Twitch uh, TV? Uh, Imran Z-O-M-G. That's what I was making sure. Yeah. There you go. But ask him where his archives go. Where do those archives go, Imran? Those go on YouTube.com slash ShockingAlberto. Shocking, Shocking Alberto. Alberto. Yes. Please give me a little bit of context. Here. Uh, there His is real a. Name's Alberto. There <laughs> is a. There's, there's, no. shock. <laughs> there's a character in a 1980s anime movie by a director named Imagawa that was called Giant Robo. And there's a character in that game or that movie just called Shocking Alberto. And I was like, this is this is a cool last name. I'm just stealing this and using it for my own username. Cool. Yeah. And here we are. On the record. Here we are. The legend continues. The legend grows. Uh, this is the Kind of Funny Games cast each and every week right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. We talk about video games, all the things that we love about them. Uh, you can get the show early and ad-free by going to Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Or you can wait and watch it on Mondays on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, RoosterTeeth.com, or podcast services all over the damn place, Greg. A plethora of options. Mm-hmm. A cornucopia of choice. Uh-huh. <laughs> you can a search- circus of value! You can search for Kind of Funny <laughs> Games Cast on your favorite podcast service. Leave us your thumbs up. Leave us your five stars. I don't want a penny less. Not a penny less. Thank you for your um, support. Shout out to our Patreon producers, Zach Parsley and James Hastings this month. It's a tasty duo. Oh, it is a tasty <laughs> duo, Fred. We got energy today. Fred yeah. got all cooped up in a train on the way here, and now he's just ready to burst. Unleash the legend. Busted. It's Busted like when you, mi- you let Mr. Pringle out of a can. That's Fran right now. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. I didn't know dude. he was in the can. Oh, yeah. So, oh, Mr. Uh, Peanut is in the peanut. Anyway. At the request <laughs> of one nanobiologist, who I saw today oh. is in the Ooh. chat under a different name. I yeah. hate that. Michael something or other. I'm Michael. That's your real name. I'm Michael and biologist. Um, We are finally doing the games cast you're wrong. Every any time you listen to the show, if we get something wrong, you can go to kindoffunny.com slash gamescast you're wrong. And the following week we will correct it in the beginning of the show. Nervous. Let's see what we got wrong last week. Not much. Good. Not much. The nanobiologist himself writes in uh, saying that season of undying is season eight, not seven. 
I don't think I said that. You also said each. Well, I don't think it would have been me, Frank. <laughs> oh. um, each Destiny 2 season is $10 separate from the digital deluxe edition, 25 extra from the base price. Uh, and then Kicked in the Cabal says, Fran mentioned farming spin metal on Mars. Spin metal's found on Earth. Relic Iron is found on Mars. <laughs> Fuck, dude. I, can you show your face on the it Destiny Community Podcast again? Of Destiny One places oh to go, God. things to earn. There were two separate examples. I'm sorry. And we dude. did we did just get yeah, a, got a that breaking right. news here. Uh, Greg Miller writes in just saying, "You a straight bitch." The real Greg Miller. <laughs> I did that. That was me. Yeah, I heard. I heard. No, it's me because I'll say the real Greg Miller at the end. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah that's the only way. That's the only way. Anyways, uh, if we get anything wrong this week, California.com slash gamescast. You're wrong. We'll read it next week. Especially if Fran got it Yeah, wrong. I was going to say, please just watch Fran. <laughs> really. Keep an eye, record everything I say. And, and then send all the notes to it. Destiny Community Podcast. <laughs> it. Email Luke Smith it. directly and tell him all the things <laughs> No, don't wrong. do that. I don't want to fall from uh, Bungie's grace. Oh, you never were in it, buddy. <laughs> no, I was. Exactly. <laughs> Greg. Yeah, buddy. Concrete Genie. It's finally here. Concrete PlayStation Genie. PlayStation 4 exclusive. First party title. Right. Let's go. Pixel Opus. Uh-huh. Uh, it's, what I love about it is it's a return to PlayStation doing something weird. Yeah. And I know that sounds maybe weird if you're not listening to every one of the shows, but we've talked a lot about PlayStation 4 in particular, right? Moving away and becoming this, hey, we make AAA first party games. We put those out. We don't go to E3. We're not showing indies on the stage, yada, yada, yada. PS3, of course, was the time of the last guy. And like, we're just making weird ass shit. Putting a flower, whatever. Be experimental. Be artsy. Uh, Concrete Genie is fantastic. Uh, the more I played it, the more I loved it. Even stepping away from it, I platinumed it on what's today's Thursday, so I platinumed it Tuesday night, and then we did the Cool Greg uh, launch party stream on Wednesday. Available soon on YouTube.com/slash Kind of Funny Games Saturday. So if you're watching Monday, it's already up. Uh, and Pixel Lopez came through to do it with us and talk to them about it. And even watching Cool Greg. I was like, man, this is such a special game. Like, I, I'm so glad they nailed this landing. I'm so glad it's resonating with people because that was the other concern of, like, it's a different kind of game, right? It's 30 bucks, 40 bucks if you get the deluxe edition. Uh, it's short-ish. You know what I mean? I would say probably the main campaign, six hours-ish. You know what I mean? I want to say it took me two solid nights of playing, so that yeah, probably I I finished, out. I got close to finishing it in, like, a three-hour demo. Oh, yeah. the whole game? Uh, well, they, they pushed me ahead to the third act because they wanted to show me that big thing. Okay. That changed yeah, the yeah, style. Yeah, 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 exactly. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I would say six-ish hours. Um, but again, it was that I played through it in two nights with to beat the story, but then came back to Platinum and keep going. And if you're unfamiliar with it, the idea here is that you are Ash. You are a kid who loves to draw and paint. And so, as Cool Greg loves to point out, you go paint on the walls. Uh, and the idea here is that you have this town that you love and have fond memories of. And it has been, you know, entrenched in darkness now. And you go through and paint with your magic paintbrush on the walls, which brings color and life back to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot more going on there. There's a lot of different themes they're playing with. There's this group of other uh, children who are bullies and bully Ash that roam the streets that you have to avoid that. Uh, you know, wear on Ash, but I keep what I described in my tweet was, and I think nails it the best for me personally, is that it's a storybook. You know how I talk about like uh, uh, Nights and Bikes feels like a storybook, like a golden book, like I'm paging mm-hmm. through and you can feel that. It's a storybook mixed with the Goonies, where it is this coming of age story of understanding uh, your, not even opponents, but your bullies, or if right. you're the bully, the kids you are bullying and why you're doing it. Like there's a whole 
bullying narrative to this adventure. And they've talked with, they've worked with some anti-bullying groups. They right. wouldn't tell me which ones because I think they want to keep it anonymous. But yeah. like they, they did their research and they wanted to make sure that they actually showed that story the way it, you know, would most benefit players. A hundred percent. And it's one of those games I talked about on the stream with Cool Greg, right? That I, you know, I, I think I'm better at games than I am movies, but I always talk about in movies how dumb I am where like we'll leave and you, Tim, I'm pointing at you and Nick will talk about movies on such a different level that I was just like, I liked it. I didn't notice the weird you know, sideways shots or whatever. This stuff. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was looking for. Concrete Genie does so much with color temperature in a way that resonates even when I think I wasn't paying attention to it specifically. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, it is dark and gray and these blues when it's infested with badness. And then when you go through and you paint on the walls, you light up these lights along it, which give it this warmth and give mm-hmm. it, you know, this, uh, very, like the hearth in the middle of a house thing. Cool, like drawing on a wall. Mm-hmm. So like you bring light and love back to it and you get that those oranges and those reds, right? In the same breath, when Ash, the character you're playing as, has the flashbacks to his life and how he remembers the town before it all went wrong, they are that warmth and they're orange and they're reds and they're colorful and they're sweet and it's him playing it with his parents and the this, you know, seal that was so funny that lived in the town or whatever. And then when you basically when you interact with the bullies and gets parts of their stories, theirs are flashbacks drawn in the same like animated cell style kind of like deadly class if anybody else watched deadly class um but theirs are those dark colors theirs are dark reasons they have bad memories associated with the town yeah. and it's why they're doing what they're doing and why you're doing what you're doing and i think they, uh, when i talked to them granted i'm just going to keep relying on this Please, old, but, no. yeah. but they told me that it was it's kind of based on a couple of different like port towns like portland seattle yeah. and san francisco so like, like the seal that's sitting on the rock yeah. is a san francisco totally you know, landmark yeah and it's one of those things of the game is kind of inherently anti-capitalist, so they're they're taking a look at these cities of look what businesses and capitalism has done to these things. Yeah, yeah. and that's why, like, I think the reasoning for why the town's bad is because like there was a disaster from businesses coming in, just abandoning it. Yeah, and then it's overrun by people being you know, these kids who are destroying it and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, it's from looking at it from that perspective, it's one of the. It's interesting to see that kind of story coming from a one of the biggest publishers in the world saying like, "Hey, yeah, companies and corporations do terrible the shit." did all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Ran it out. Um, all that aside, like I'm ta- this is where I would have never expected to start with Concrete Genie. It's talking uh-huh. about the story of Concrete mm-hmm. Genie. When I started the, you know, I I played the VR mode. Talked about it in Gamescast a while back about how much I loved it. Cool Greg had gone and done the single player stuff and come back and talk about how much he loved it. But even that was more the mechanics of it, right? Which are as you go through in the very beginning, these bullies tear up your art book and throw it to the winds, and so you have to go back through the game, collect your art pages. Uh, Obviously, in the very beginning, you meet the first genie, Luna, who's one of your creations, who gives you the magic paintbrush to go through and take the drawings off of your page and put them onto the walls. And then they're interacting, they're moving. You use the genies you're creating to solve different puzzles in the world to keep advancing the story, keep bringing light back to the world, get to the next section and keep going. Then, of course, as you mentioned, right, way deep in the game, probably three-fourths of the way through, there is a point where it switches over and the gameplay you've been doing the re- that whole time switches to something completely different and they actually nail it where that is fun and that is enjoyable hmm. and that wasn't a hmm. what I hate in a game when I get to the end and it's like now fight the boss with something yeah. you've never done before and you're like it sucks. Hmm. That has been revealed if you want to actually just talk about it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to. I, know, I want <laughs> you to play Concrete Genie. Concrete Genie gets a giant Greg thumbs up seal of approval. You so you platinum did. I did. Uh, really quickly which yeah. is Impressive. Thank you. Um, That's what I, I, I heard you when Pixel Opus was here yesterday. You were talking to them and you were praising them on their, their trophies. Mm-hmm. What makes them special? They do it right. 
it's the thing that I think even with some first parties, Naughty Dog, you see people not understand what people <laughs> enjoy about trophies yeah. and why you'd want to be a part of it. This is a game made by an incredibly small team. Pixel Opus is tiny. They're down in San Mateo. You know what yeah, I mean? They've they got like half a floor up in that. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, talking about it on the stream, it, it vacillates. You know, 12 is like how many people are usually there. There was like 20 at one point in terms of contractors. Every part, there's two two designers made the entire world you exist in, which is crazy because it's so detailed and so beautiful. and so much fun to traverse. I, I digress. Trophy question. It's the idea that every trophy that's there is there to make you do something a different way, learn about a mechanic you would avoid. Every trophy icon is something they made from scratch for you. You can't miss any of the trophies. Cool. It's fun to get all these trophies. None of it is out of your reach, annoying. None of it is mundane, do this over and over and over again. It is, they made this game that's so special because it's so personal. You find you know your own story in it, let alone the story there. They made it that's so beautiful. The cutscenes are immaculate again back to that that's where the storybook feel really comes of like it's Ashes, Leica. like it's it's inspired directly by Leica. exactly yeah. and like so anim you know his eyebrows are animated by mm. you know they're hand drawn and all this stuff like it looks yeah. like animation cells then it's fun to paint and make your own world and craft it that way but then on top of that they made a world that's just fun to explore period where at the end of it when i've lit up everything and the, the credits have rolled when you go back into it it is now just your playground to climb up scale around jump from rooftop to rooftop slide down the ropes like look in every nook and cranny to figure out what you're missing and use the genies. So it's not a platinum that makes you hate the game at the end. hundred percent. I've had it, a number of those. It's <laughs> in, you know, you said in a relatively short amount of time I did this, right? It's a game that never wore out its welcome. And I desperately want more of, hmm. you know what I mean? Like I gorged this game. I, I, you know, I go out in three, four nights or whatever of it. And then went back for just the VR stuff, which is a completely separate mode. Is not again, back to the trophies isn't tied to the platinum. It's its own. You pop up. It's basically DLC trophies right there. Cool. That's smart. Yeah. hundred percent. And like, even that being all that being said, it's that game. It's one of those games like, man, I'd love to play this again. Yeah, cool, Greg. You got to play a little bit of it yesterday. Uh, you don't have a PlayStation Four, so you can't play it right now. But <laughs> if we get you the PlayStation Four, are you planning to keep playing through it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, this is going to be a game I'm going to play for the rest of my life. Uh, going back to, I'm trying to figure out the best way to stream it right now because I do want my initial reactions to be streamed because I think that'd be a lot of fun for everyone. But um, I'm used to streaming with music and. I'm not used to playing games and actually trying to beat them. So I did notice in our interview thing yesterday, I was a lot quieter than I was expecting to be just because I was focused. So I don't know if the content is where I want it to be to stream, but I'm going to figure it out. I might beat the game and then stream it on the my second run through. That's something we talked about too, is that uh, Extra Life this year, of course, November, first weekend of November, third. November 3rd, November Saturday, November 2nd. I think 2nd. Uh, oh, I guess I literally year. have a... I, second, November yeah. 2nd. I was talking, cool, I think him and I are going to do a part of the stream where he tries to plat he platinums it. Oh, Doesn't cool. try, does. We'll cool. get it knocked down to a few certain yeah, trophies. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. um, do you think that it has the chance to dethrone Mark Echo's getting up? <laughs> I mean, I, Look at him stumped. He stumped him. I'm a PS2 to the end of the day. And to the end of my days, I'm a PS2 kind of guy. So I don't know, man. It's, it's a little too complicated for me to put it above that. Okay. I loved how Please. dumbed down the PS2 was for everyone. Please, yeah. Tim, use the full title. Mark Echo's getting up content under pressure. Oh, my God. You got a lot of it. It's funny. It's I met Mark, Mark Echo, I think, for that. I feel like we interviewed him. Were you at IGN then when that came out? I want to say... <clears throat> I no, no I, I wasn't there you for that game, but I'm pretty sure we interviewed Mark Echo and the guy uh, Michael C. Hall from Dexter from together. Dexter. That sounds right. <laughs> we were working on a Dexter mobile game, and it was at Comic Con, and uh, I forgot. I, I was pretty new at iGen, and um, we had to do stuff. And they're like, uh, "Some video guy needs to go with Greg to interview 
people at this like weird party for random ass games. Totally bizarre. Yeah, the one of the weirdest things to this day that I've ever done. Um, it's like yeah, just follow Greg with the camera, and Dexter's gonna be there. And like a couple of people were fighting over it because they're like, "Oh fuck, I like I want to like meet him. That's cool." And they're like, "Yeah, he's with Mark Echo." And I was like. Fuck you all, Sean Finnegan. I'm going. I need to meet Mark Echo. And I remember I asked him, like, so what's up with getting up to? And he's like, I don't think so, man. <laughs> that was weird, though. Kevin, I found it. I'm going <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to send it over to Control for you to find. That's awesome. Thanks, the game was buddy. cool. I remember being super excited for that, though. Yeah, because of the art in it and all that. But that's the um, thing. It's like, and I don't want to ruin yeah. it. See, that's especially for Cool Greg. Because you've... You, how much have you played much further than what you played yesterday? And I don't mean I because at the I just preview beat event that level. That's the preview event you did? Yeah. Okay, cool. That's the thing of like the thing at the end, right? Mm-hmm. Harkens back so much to those kind of games, actually. Yeah. Right? Like the jet grind radio or whatever, where it's like Distant. Yeah, sorry. What, what was it? What was the they did a grind thing, didn't they? I don't know I think it doesn't jet, matter. Jet grind was the our American On Dreamcast. Name. The Jet Set Radio, radio. Future was the gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Xbox one, yeah. I'm excited for you to get to the end. It's actually very similar to Mark Echo's getting up now that I think about it, because that game does introduce enemies at some point. Yeah. Yeah, so similar to Comic Genie. Throw this up there. This is, yeah, me interviewing a young Greg Miller, interviewing Michael C. Hall at Comic-Con, and, of course, Mark Echo. (laughs) I can't tell you for the life of me what I talked to them for six and a half minutes about. What are we doing here? It's We're back to our 3D roots. It's a new game on iOS, Android, uh, Open World, Open World Miami. Be a bunch of content packs uh, uh, throughout Michael the, C. Hall the, also the has delivery no idea of the game that will launch this fall uh, during the season. Uh, and we're really, really excited. We can, we can now I'm going to look up this Dexter the game <laughs> and see uh, how many content packs actually you know, got about it. But it's so cool, Greg. So, Kongi Genie, uh, you're loving it. It gets the two thumbs up. Absolutely, man. I can't wait to beat it, dude. Cool stuff. Anything more, Greg? No. I mean, I can't say enough nice things about it. And I think it'd be a cool one for spoiler cast or something like that. Or even a video game club, which we forgot last month. This is when he pointed out to me that we need to do two now. <laughs> Fran, I need you for it. We should do. Let's they want to do, do a one, Borderlands dude. one we said we would do last time. Oh, let's do And then do we should do uh, maybe this. But there's so many games coming out now. We have our pick of the litter. Cool. Yeah. Loved it. Great soundtrack. Beautiful Destiny. game. Uh, really blew me away. You know, I, I, I had a. Uh, I was looking forward to, oh, this would be a fun little game, and it, I thought it you know, excelled on every level. Yeah, it's definitely a game you play to sit down and chill with. Like, totally. It was relaxing. I, yeah. It was a relaxing game every night. Because like, I have played it under not ideal circumstances. Of you have a couple hours of this demo, get as far as you need to get. Yeah. So like, that's time pressure. It's like, I don't feel like solving this. I'm just going to do like the simplest genie I could do. But like, there's such cool stuff, the creation process of like you would add stuff onto whatever genie you yeah. wanted. Yeah, it's when amazing. you make your yeah. genie, you put you, like, you've unlocked different head uh, like th- horns or hats or le- uh, uh, tails. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you make a rhino yeah, if you want to. In if the you're talented of enough. Mark Echo. <laughs> All right, you I don't do even it. know what you're talking about. You so it. yeah, Dexter the game too looks like the only piece of content on That's IGN right, is this interview. What's <laughs> 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 Dexter the game? One? Never made it out the door, huh? Oh Maybe. man, friend. Yes, sir. Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Yes. Uh, this one, I'm about to break. This one was a little tough to get to because we had a lot going on with Borderlands and the Destiny grind and all that. So meaning it is the same type of game as like Division, the looter shooter uh, stuff. So if folks remember, Ghost Recon Wildlands came out, uh, what, three years ago or-ish? Two or three, yeah. Yeah, I think it was three years ago, actually. Um, so when that came out, I really liked it because what made the newer version of Ghost Recon at that time, that style special was this huge uh, area within, uh, I believe it was like Mexico, South America. Um, well, 
Central America. Two years ago was mm-hmm. Wildlands. Okay. It was Bolivia in Wildlands, right? Yeah, well, then they make up their own thing. Which is what? Cent- the bottom of Central? Uh, yeah. Mexico? All right. We're going to have a lot of... Uh, no, I remember because like, there was a, the actual country sued Ubisoft over it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. It, yeah. Anyway, what made it really cool was it's really Bolivia. big open area. You could hop in a helicopter with a squad of four if you want and just go around to these missions. And it wasn't a perfect experience, but I really liked it because it was so wide open and you would just, you know, get together with a group of friends, sync your shots up. Um, and uh, wait, it's in South America. <laughs> We're really bad. Oh, it is still Central. Yeah. No, 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 no. All right. It is South America. It is South America. Yeah, Kevin yes. Kevin pulled it up. Thank you. We don't need your corrections anymore. <laughs> anyway. Too late. I like yeah, Ghost Recon is where I'm going with it, but it, it wasn't a perfect experience. Um, I played it a lot with Brian Albert at the time at IGN, and um, I really liked it. But as we've moved on, looter shooters have become the conversation. Borderlands is one of the few to not get into the weekly games as a service thing and all that. But uh, so what Ghost Recon Breakpoint does, believe it or not, and I didn't realize this until recently because I played the demo at E3 and they didn't really show this off too much, is you actually have like a central location and maybe more, which is sort of your tower or just like in Division, the White House, you go back to and you see shared world. Like if Greg was playing, he could be on my server and actually walking around in that shared space. Uh, Obviously, we can squat up. He can be on my friends list. Uh, Definitely should probably be more of a co-op experience. I was playing it single player, only played it a few hours, so I've only scratched the surface, so I can only comment on that part of it. The game was also provided by the Epic Store, you know, technically probably from a Ubisoft deal, so just Good point, yeah, game provided by PlayStation on Concrete Concrete Genie. Concrete Genie, exactly. Uh, Both of those games were provided to us. But, um, so... Again, it takes what wild what I liked about Wildlands this big open area. You could fly around, get in vehicles, like a little bit of that GTA vibe, just hopping in stuff, and lots of, of cool weapons. But it brings in more tactical gameplay is one big change as well. Like it's if you remember the demos at E3, it was all about like super intense. Um, it also has uh, what's his name Shane from Walking Dead. What's yeah. What Bernthal. Bernthal. Exactly. John Bernthal. Bernthal. Um, so they bring a star to it, but it's really like that intense warfare feel. And you can get into the ground and roll over and do uh, camo in the mud. And um, literally guys will walk like right by you if you're not careful. So they want to bring that intensity and you can uh, get hurt more so. So you really got to like bandage up a lot, watch mm. your stamina. More. So it's a lot more tactical. Like there'll be a spy plane that just passes over you. It happened for the first time to me. And like I didn't realize what was going on. All of a sudden I was just like spotted by by a spy plane and everybody descended on me and just wrecks you right away. The checkpoints are pretty good, actually, though. That doesn't really mm-hmm. set you back too far. You know, it is interesting because like, I've, I've watched a bit of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like we're in that wave now of games that are inspired by Breath of the Wild. Yeah, I could see a little bit of that, like, too. You can, you can go after John Bernthal at the beginning. Yeah. It just, you have no chance, really. Yeah, you, you, you need to get your gear score up or whatever, yeah. like you would in Division. It recommends that. That's a good point, though. I guess you can just go give it a shot. Yeah. I, I, think, I think Breakpoint has always been like that. Has it? You or mean Ghost Recon? Ghost Recon has always been like that. Because uh, I played map, through Wildlands, I don't recall anything. You like, have to discover missions in Wildlands to get there. and. But you can, it's all open. You can just, it, it, you're right, actually. It is open, anywhere. and you can go into like it's super. Just everyone kicks your ass. Dangerous <laughs> areas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But maybe game. this has, yeah, been pushed a little more in that direction. But definitely, go ahead. I was just going to say, if you're playing on PS4, I'd be down to join you, Squad. Yeah, on PC. I should note, I'm playing on PC, too. I can't comment to console performance. Shocker, right? Um, so anyway, I feel, I feel like I'm all over the place on this. So let me, let me rein it in. 
I like the style of Ghost Recon. I really liked Wildlands, but you know, the progression kind of like fell a little flat after a while. The PvP was like, okay. And so it takes that and it tries to bring division and a little bit of the Destiny feel to it. With the grind, you get green drops and so on, and you start leveling up your gear and get a gear score. I like that about it. Uh, but as far as I've made it, it's sort of lacking some personality and pace. Now, this is just mm -hmm. the first few hours, but it kind of, it didn't open up as like that super intense, you know, story like they showed at um, E3. I thought that's what it would be. Sure. Now they have all the close-ups on the characters. You do get some dialogue eventually from Burnthal, but it actually takes a while. So it doesn't like start as cinematic. You're gonna tell me. Yeah, it doesn't start <laughs> as uh, cinematic. Now I'm gonna ask you something. Now I'm gonna ask you, Rick. <laughs> Yeah, back quotes. <laughs> I know, I know. I was going to do an impression then. I was like, no, not right now. Um, so anyway, it doesn't start as intense as I thought, but I do, it's a pretty open world. But it does feel almost in a way a little bit generic in some ways. Um, this is not the same looks. studio as the Wildlands. Is it? it that's what I'm looking up. It's Ubisoft is Paris, Paris. Is doing this one? Yeah, they did the Raving Rabbids. And yeah, yeah. They, they... I mean, Paris does a lot ultimately, right? Yeah, well, I'm just surprised that like... I guess the Wildlands studio may be working on something for next gen. Hmm. Wait, Wikipedia cites Wildlands as maybe they both Paris work. as oh. well. They probably, hmm. yeah. Oh, I, maybe I'm wrong, but we're gonna. Kind of I am a different developer, so I was looking up. You're wrong. When I played this at E3, um, the demo, it was like I have said this many times. It was like one of the worst demos I've ever Yikes. been a part of. Uh, but yeah, with right. how it was set up, it was a four-player thing, and the way that the the, you um, in on that the dev was that. kind of like, yeah, exactly. They just throw you in, and the way that they were running us through, it, everything felt rushed, and it felt like every single time that they'd teach us something about the tactical mechanics, where there was so much uh, to to learn. The moment things got interesting, they'd cut and like move us on to something else. An example yeah. would be like, all right, we're going to go, and the four of us going to come in. You're going to go in that corner. You're going to go in that corner. You're going to go yeah. up high a little bit. You're going to go down low. It was way too we're direct. all going to point rocket launchers, and then we're all going to together shoot and blow up this thing. This tank. And then the moment that like we did that, like we all get in position. It's like, oh, this actually, now we, we get this. We're here. This is cool. And then we, we shot, and then all of a sudden it was like, all right, cool. Now on to the next thing. And it's like, that didn't feel like anything happened. It's because he told you exactly what to do because he didn't want the demo to go wrong and you to feel frustrated. And it's a limited amount of time. Yeah, meaning literally that's what they were doing. And in that type of game, you like have no idea what you're doing. You would have walked away frustrated. So instead, they gave you the like the pacifier version where you're like, oh, I, I mean. I'm not, I have nothing to cry about, but uh, I don't know. It was kind of boring, right? It was not so much that. Just I feel like there was a lot of buildup, and then it right. just kind of like wasn't well, worth it. it. Like mm -hmm. in the moments, there's no that sense you... for reward, is what I'm getting at. Yeah, because you were you were hand fed like, here, use this, go here, go. But here. even that, the reward itself isn't that cool. Like you should have got drops like... from it. Is yeah. really what it would have been. I by the way, I played the same thing. I don't think the drops were enabled at the time. I don't know if they were talking as much about gear score and drops, and but I hear you. It's definitely. Uh, from what I would say, here's what you want. If let me get to the meat of this, if you want and are interested in this type of game, you want to grind for loot, but also you like the open world Ghost Recon vibe. You like the tactical, more serious is definitely more serious and takes itself a lot more seriously. All the dialogue with the characters is intended to be a little more, you know, emotional. Like this is a serious mission, everybody. You know, it's there's nothing um, playful about it, um, but it is a lot more tactical. And so where I'm going with this, if you can get a group of friends together that take it as seriously as you do, I think it will be a fun experience for you. If you don't have that, 
Maybe if you're the type of player that wants to go alone, you love crawling in the mud alone, listening to the sounds of the environment, and it's like not a lot going on except for that, and you're like crawling through the mud, maybe hopping a vehicle. I mean, there's moment to moment like you can get in fights, but it's very like slowly paced like that so far. First few hours, bear in mind. What it's like in the end game and these things changes. But are you even having enough fun to want to go further? I, I am this type of person that I think I would, yeah, I would enjoy this like not for huge stretches at a time. Um, but I'm hesitating because I haven't played more than a few hours. Mm-hmm. I know games like this. Division's the same way. If you try to judge Division on the first you know, couple hours, like I, that's not a good way to judge You say game. perfect 10, you walk away. So I think <laughs> I would be cautious going into it, but I think if you're interested in this type of game, there's, there's something there for you, and I'm curious to see how it evolves. I think they've brought the right stuff to Ghost Recon. I haven't said that yet. Um, I think this is what it needed. Uh, I'm liking the leveling up, finding the gear in the midst of basically, you're still playing Ghost Recon in the style of the old ones. Like, go out on this mission, but now it's like, what's your gear score? And before, as a comparison in Wildlands, you'd find a blueprint for an item, right? Uh, And that was just like, oh, I just want that item. But now it's a little more like, I guess in some ways you're playing for your gear score. It's like, I can go out on this mission and get new weapons, and you know exactly where to go and all that. a little note about taking it seriously too, and I like to play games this way, it has guided mode, which is the default, and that's gonna give you the waypoint on this really big map of where to go. Um, they do tell you in a lot of tutorials up front too, they, there's a lot going on, you know, kind of with what you're yeah. getting at Tim to understand before I think it sinks in. You can turn guided mode off. I think you could do this in the last one too, yeah. And it's really cool because it just gives you hints. Like it's in this area, you'll see a lighthouse nearby, it's above this lake. And so you don't really know until you get there if you're going to the right area. Um, I think players who like to play that way are gonna get more enjoyment out of it. So It's at a 59 right now on Metacritic. Yeah, so like I said, I think be cautious, maybe not for everybody. I gave Anthem right a 6.8 at the time when it came out. I, I recommended it to people who you know, might be into it, right? But be cautious. Otherwise, it's certainly not a game for everybody. Do you have a sense in the first few hours of how the experience grind in that game is? Like, Ubisoft's been not been great about that recently of, the, like, they removed the microtransactions from this game at launch mm-hmm. that they called, quote-unquote, time savers. Right. So, like, that, when I see that, that makes me think, like, oh, this game is not going to respect my time by making the experience grind that more frustrating. I haven't played enough to answer the question. Like, I don't feel underleveled in any way for what I'm doing, right? Mm-hmm. So it's hard to say, like, ooh, I need more experience. Um, and I don't know where the end game lands either. Okay. So I do know some people that are into these types of games that are playing quite a bit of it and seem pretty excited by it. But again, I think it's going to be a very niche type yeah. of experience. It's certainly not for everybody, but I, I like where they're going with it. Um, curious to see if they evolve it too. We saw Division, you know, addressed a lot of things um, right out the gate too that kind of improved it, and then also it still has a ways to go with with where it's what at. Were too, your, what, what was your read on the update that's coming next week? I didn't look into the details yet. <sighs> I, I watched the trailer. Well, and it was really hate, you hate to see it when Destiny <laughs> just rots somebody's brain from the inside. Okay, I played out, Destiny you know I mean? for seventy hours last week, uh, and all yeah, my brain melted. You know what I mean? It's a real mm-hmm. thing. You should hit up the World Health Organization. So it sounds I, like you got a problem. I don't know. I feel like I was all over the place with Breakpoint. Are there any like key? questions about it otherwise uh, do you fight robots because i'm because they, they oh. that's a central conceit of the game right is it like you're an island that's been like doing weird drone right. technology like uh tim cook slash elon musk has uh, taken over the island and yeah. is like some mastermind and so it's meant to be that they're like this high-tech savior of the world type but then they're keeping people hostage on this yeah like island or whatever and they have like really high-tech stuff that's the thing that's been added on like the cartel feel of wildlands yeah duly noted uh there's a lot of like high-tech 
enemies, high-tech drones, high-tech spy mm. planes, and eventually, I assume, gadgets and stuff that you can get too, but it diversifies the gameplay beyond just being, this guy's a sniper, this guy's the captain. That's where I'm at with it, by the way. But eventually, uh, you get into yeah, taking on these big bases where there's a lot of different skills. In fact, because I turned off guided mode <laughs> and I was streaming, I wasn't paying attention, um, I thought there was this huge like city looking place and where I thought I was supposed to be going. I went up, I was like, oh, it's the base. I just wasn't paying attention. And it looked to be like 10, 15 guys. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll try to start to snipe them out, you know? And so I like go around this lake and I'm like, well, I better position myself a little better across the way. And I like open one shot and it's like, and there was like 40 oh, no. exclamation marks. It's like obviously a huge base that's fortified. And all of a sudden they're all eyes on me. You hear the alarms going off. Everything's happening. I'm like, I'm laying there still. They're like, maybe I'll take a few. And I was like, you know what? I don't think I'm supposed to be here right now. <laughs> and I start like booking. This is even the better part. And literally I get about like 25 feet away and I just hear like, and then right where I was sitting on the beach, like, like it blows up with this mortar shell that they shot. Like they had my location. I was like, I'm glad I left. Yeah. So there is some cool stuff like that, but I couldn't speak to the overall progression. Yeah. I'm just hoping by end game, you're, like, you're fighting like actual standing robots, like Terminator style. I don't know if it has that, but the tank that we fought at E3, that's what you were describing, yeah. right? It was very Terminator, even more high tech. MHK. Yeah. It's like Minority Report, like future esque. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So definitely not for everybody, but of interest. We'll see where it goes. Cool. I'll report in if I can play more between Borderlands and <laughs> Destiny 2 and checking in on Division. And That's my man. Come on, let's get trouble. out there. Let's get out there. Cameron, <laughs> uh -huh. you played After Party. I did play Ooh. After Party. Microsoft had some of us come out for an event where pl I played the first, I think, two and a half hours of the game. So After Party, if you for people who don't know, is the newest game from the developers at Night School who made Oxenfree. And the, like, the main thing about that game was like, very natural dialogue and very interesting story. And you just kind of follow around a couple of teenagers doing their like... Teenagers. Teenage shit. Yeah. Drinking on the beach. Drinking on the beach. It kind of veers into sort of horror movie-ish territory at some point. but Often does. Yeah. And so After Party is they wanted to make a game about a bar. And they basically work from that idea of, okay, so what would you actually be doing in the bar? Is it more fun to be the person drinking or the bartender? So they're like, okay, well, it's going to be someone drinking, and this game needs a villain then. So they figured, okay, Satan. Satan makes a logical villain. Mm -hmm. So the conceit of the story is that you place two teenagers, Lola and Milo. I know Lola is vo voced by uh, Janina. Yeah. Gavankar. Yes. And I forget Milo's voice actor off the top of my head. But they find themselves in hell. And they don't know why they're there. They think it's a mistake. And they're told by someone, if you, there's a loophole that if you outdrink the devil and outparty him, you can get, you'll be shown the door back to life. Words to live by. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very so the game is about trying to figure your way out into Satan's party. And then there, outparty him, basically, <laughs> and get, your, get shown the door back to the real world. So this all sounds awesome. Mm -hmm. How is this a video game? It's a think of it more what like a narrative thing. So you will you, when you're going around these all these places in hell, and hell is like a bureaucracy too. When the day ends, everyone just goes drinking and does their own shit, and like you don't have to worry about demons harassing you while you're walking around hell. But you have the options of who to talk to. You generally have dialogue choices, and you can make those dialogue choices different depending on what you choose to drink. So, for example, there's a when you're trying to get into Satan's party, you get all the way to the top, you realize, oh, there's no way to get in. We're not invited. 
So you look on Twitter, basically. It's, I forget what they exactly call it, but it's basically Twitter. And someone's saying, I have an invite to the party. And you have a couple of choices of who to actually pursue for this. So I found a woman who says, all I need is a drink, and I'll give you my invite. So I went to go look for her, and I went to the bar before I go talk to her. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, order one drink for her and order a drink for me. And the drink, it said, the effect says, you become confident and flirty. So every time I was able to talk to her as Milo, I ha- was able to have this third dialogue option that was like extremely, mm-hmm. how do I put this, pickup artist style mm-hmm. of like, yeah, you know you want me. So <laughs> why don't we just make this deal? Let's go. And that extended to like various other things that they say it's not a branching narrative. And I think we talked about this on Games Daily the other, uh, a couple of weeks ago about how I said I didn't like branching narratives in games anymore because I don't, I'd rather have one well-written story. Tell me your story. Yeah. yeah. So this is that. This is awesome. tell you a story, but you do have options of how the dialogue goes. Sure. So, for like for example, in this Similar one... Similar like Walking Dead Season 1, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Like, it, that's always going to basically end the same way, even if you change the details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so this one, the lady was in a... She was a singer in her life. She sold her soul to Satan. And she sold it for our, uh, a successful career her whole life, and then she died a year later. Because mm. like an accident. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So rule three, don't fuck me. She has to basically sing at this like musicians lounge bar for the rest of eternity. So she was booked that night, and she couldn't go to a meet or like a, a reunion show at Satan's party. So mm. you need to go talk to her manager and the club owner and get them to like actually let her out for this day. So I was there, and I was like, okay, I have a couple options. I could lie to them, I could tell them the truth, or I could hit on her. And so I was like, okay, I'm gonna try and hit on her. And she's yeah, like, you were. you're cute, but no, you're like, you're an actual human and this is hell. So there's absolutely no chance. So that was the wrong drink for that choice. Okay. But there's other drinks that are like, this one makes you Tell talk like a giant. pirate. This one makes you more confident. Makes you talk like a pirate. Okay. And there, okay. Might, there might be somebody in there that's like, I want to talk. I, I, I think it'll be hilarious if I talk to a pirate. There was one where I was playing a, a, a game of, what was it? what's the word? Beer pong against a demon. And because hell is about trash talk. I drank a drink before that that makes you more aggressive and confident. Hmm. So I'm playing like with Lola, who is a very not necessarily meek person, but very like to herself and like not necessarily aggressive. She's basically giving straight up trash talk the entire time. And even though I lost the beer bong, I did such a good job trash talking. The guy whose birthday party it is, who was a serial killer, he's basically a John Wayne Gacy type, <laughs> came in. It's like, you know, that was great. I'm going to invite you upstairs to the, the actual party, which is where you're trying to go. Wait, did you actually play beer pong with gameplay mechanics? Yes, it's ah. a, it's on a, it's two D. So basically, you're, you're like right. aiming like an Angry bird style. It's always like side, uh, the side of it, right? Yeah, yeah. Side Not top down, right? Yeah. So yeah, like it's an Angry Birds kind of thing, and like I think okay, it went to the last right. cup, and he just happened to get it, so and, I lost it. And outside of that as well, are you walking like from scene to scene, or is it like a moving world that you move through? Have you played Oxenfree at all? No. Okay, so it's there is a world map. You can, like, see the entirety of hell if you want to, but you have a, uh, basically a ferryman named Samantha who's played by Ashley Birch. And oh, cool. she, like, during these, like, loading transitions between areas, she talks to you about things, about the way hell works. So there's, like, a fun or an interesting conversation where you're like, so, yeah, how do we know Satan's not going to cheat? It's like, he's not evil. And I'm like, <laughs> but he's Satan. And then there's, like, a longer conversation of, like, yeah, like, He's the morning star. He had these thoughts about leadership and authoritarianism with God that kind of got him cast out. 
but God had a better propaganda machine. So he may be running hell, but that doesn't mean he's necessarily like a, a bet squelcher. So there's a, a pretty funny line of like Lola just going, it kind of sounds like you're defending Satan. And then just like <laughs> quiet for like the next like 30 seconds until the scene transition changes. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, so Lola and Milo, are they friends? They're friends. Brother, They've been sister. best friends since Lovers. I want to say like middle school. And like they went through college together and the scene opened or the game opens with them on a like at a college party. And it just it's the worst fucking college party ever that people are just bringing up all these horrible things they've done in college. Like, hey, yeah, you were that guy who puked the first day, weren't you? Like, oh, I think they call him like exit flu or something like that as a nickname. And then like, okay, we just need to go. This is awful. And it's like gets revealed. Oh, wait, actually, you're in hell. This is you being tortured. Uh, and then like you get go through an on, like employee onboarding kind of thing where they ask you a couple of questions like what are you most nervous about have you ever done this do you ever are you ever get haunted by something embarrassing and then when you answer those questions like it creates a personal demon that like just comes at you at certain points in the or in the game and it starts taunting you about various things like yeah you're never actually going to do this you know that right you're going to be stuck here for eternity so it's a very like it's an interesting mechanic that they if you answer that honestly that prize on your insecurities yeah so huh. like that's, I, cool. that's cool so what systems is this coming in uh it is P- pc ps4 and xbox one i believe and it's on xbox game pass right yes it'll be G- game pass day one yeah. i believe it comes out end of this month it yeah. does yeah. it yeah. sounds cool i'm into it yeah i'm i'm super excited i like i played this game i think originally last year like a day of the devs and i was like this is amazing writing i can't believe like i am eager to see where this goes and the concept is great too cool this episode is brought to you by Muggsy Jeans. Muggsy Jeans are the most comfortable men's jeans ever made. Here's the deal. I'm standing by this. I love these things. I need to save up a little bit of money right now to make this plan a reality. But my plan is to get rid of all the jeans that I have, all, all of the jeans that I've had for years, that I've been buying for years. Get rid of them. Replace them all with Muggsy Jeans. They sent me one pair, and I'm just, I'm in. I'm all in. These are so soft. They're so stretchy. It feels like you're wearing sweatpants, but it doesn't look like you're wearing sweatpants. It's been a big issue I've had my entire life wanting that. You know what I mean, Kevin? Oh, I get it. And it's good. Blessing was here a couple weeks ago. Oh, he got boy. these Muggsy Jeans, he, and he, he, he was telling me that he loves them, too. You got to trust him if you don't trust me. Muggsy's come in a stylish fit that's not too baggy, but not too tight, so you look even better than you feel. If you want comfortable jeans that look good, Muggsy jeans are for you. The guys at Muggsy are so confident that you will love them that they offer free U.S. shipping and returns, so your comfort is 100% guaranteed. You guys can go to Muggsy.com, M-U-G-S-Y.com, and use code KINDA for $10 off. Again, that's Muggsy.com. Use code KINDA for $10 off. Also, shout out to Upstart. As most of us have found out the hard way, getting into debt, it's easy. Getting out, it's hard, especially if your credit score isn't great. Thankfully, now there's Upstart.com, the revolutionary lending platform that knows you're more than just your credit score. And they offer smarter interest rates to help you pay off high-interest credit card debt. Greg Miller, he was a young man, once made a lot of bad decisions. This could have helped him. Upstart goes beyond the traditional credit score when assessing your credit worthiness. They actually reward you based on your education and job history in the form of a smarter interest rate. Upstart believes you're more than just your credit score. They believe in you, man. Someone has to. They make it fast, simple, and easy to check your rate in just a few minutes. And the best part is once the loan is approved and accepted, most people get their funds the very next business day. Over 300,000 people have used Upstart to pay off credit cards or meet their financial goals. You can see why Upstart's ranked number one 
in their category with over 300 businesses on Trustpilot. And hurry to upstart.com slash kind of funny to find out how low your upstart rate is. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes and won't affect your credit score. That's upstart.com slash kind of funny. Greg. Hey, bud. One Night Stand. One Night Stand. It's a a kind of funny games sh- games showcase alum finally mm-hmm. came out. You know what I mean? From the bar to the One Night Stand. I mean, it's all the same Perfect thing, right? Way, it's the yeah. sequel, right? Cinematic universe going So yeah, on. a visual novel uh, that came into PC forever ago, but is made its way over here to consoles now. If you remember, I think we had during our uh, kind of funny games showcase the announcement it was coming to Switch as well. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, this might if you ring a bell for games daily listeners uh, that on Monday or whatever somebody wrote in saying hey you missed that it's out and I was like I didn't realize it was out like oh my god what that sucks I'll go home and get it right away went home bought it then the next day we had time here started it up to play it right and get into it and as soon as I started up it was the Rattalika games logo and I was like hold the fucking phone. And I powered down that switch and went over to PlayStation and got it there. Because Rattalika Games is the one who makes all the cheap Platinums. <laughs> if, you, if you're going to get a Rattalika game, you're getting you a Platinum pretty slut. gosh darn easy. Well, I've got my 100% a trophy, whore. You know this. Yeah, but everybody stop. I'm doing the, if you're an audio listener, I'm doing the Jurassic Park, hold back all the Raptors here. The game is good. The game is a good game. It's a good indie game. It's, it lives up to what I saw in it when we put it on the showcase. So why'd they make it then? They didn't make it. They just published it. Yeah. They okay. publish stuff. They, oh, okay. They do publish stuff that's not. Just oh yeah, well remember I've talked stuff. about it before where I, that Mega Man one where I, it was an easy platinum, but there yeah. was a lot more game. But I liked what I played of it and got mm-hmm. me into you know want to play more. Man, they don't. Rattalika isn't just like hey we make shit games. Like yeah we put easy trophy lists in all our games. I just thought they, it was weird. It's like because I thought they just made trophy games. Like now here's this artsy game about a one night. Like, well again like you figure this is a game. I'm looking at the Wikipedia right. They came to PC and Mac in 2016. So like mm-hmm. it's been out for a while. Man, right? Where were you so, then, Greg? I was like any normal person being like, see you later. You know what I mean? I don't need a computer virus. Missing out, man. All right? Yet another Chris PC Hansen's exclusive. Chris never been like, show me the Switch logs, all right? He's like, show me the logs from the computer, all right? Wow. That's how he gets the pedophiles, Fran. Well, so I'm just wow, saying protect okay. yourself, Fran. You never know who you're playing Destiny with out there, all right? It's true. That is true. Anyways, uh, One Night Stand, uh, it is an attainable platinum that I, I got yesterday and had a great time with after a few hours. But even without the platinum, this if it would have just been on Switch and I wouldn't have known any better and I would have just played it on Switch, it would have been a game that I would have kept coming back to. Because hmm. the concept here is the it's a visual novel. You wake up hungover. You pick up your phone. You finally like go to charge your phone. You're like, this isn't my room. You roll over. There's a naked woman next to you. It's just her back, everybody. It's, this isn't a gratuitous like <laughs> sex game or anything. Oh. It's not a Vita game. Exactly. Yeah. This, is, this isn't a Vita game. <laughs> <laughs> you roll over. She's there. And then it's off to the races of you... We're blackout drunk. You don't remember anything, so you need to use clues in the environment to piece that together. And then that also is how much do you want to share with the stranger? Do you want to tell her that you don't know anything? Do you want to try to play it off? Do you want to find out her name by digging through her wallet? Do you want to, like, you know, what What are your boundaries of privacy? What do you want to do with the clues in the room? How do you want to engage with Check the situation? Check those PC logs. Exactly. There is a PC there. <laughs> and then there's a bunch of different endings based on that, then. Hmm. So you get to go through all these different things. The story sounds cool. Watching you play it, it did not look interesting to yeah, me. Yeah, but I, I think that's because it's not a Tim game. Yeah, it's oh, not yeah. a Tim game. The, but the idea of the, the story sounds like it definitely could be. You right. know, it's like I like those type of, like, Emily's Away, right? Yeah. I, I love that. Um, the, so what the about watching it didn't do? Okay. The, the art style, like, rubbed me the wrong way. Very I, minimalist, I really, kind I don't of like Dr. Katz to an extent. Of Ed, Ed and Eddie <laughs> look, yeah. where it's like <laughs> everything's Katz just like, like yeah. constantly... Uh, yeah, yeah. 
shaking, shaking. and I'm like, it just seems it's very distracting looking. Gotcha. Um, and then the gameplay elements that I saw, um, it's just the type of stuff that I don't really like where it's just like, there, I saw like the phone dialing things, right? And it's just like your dialogue options are on each of the um, the buttons as you go through. It just seems Oh, you're kind talking of about like, the end of it. That was just me looking at the endings. Oh, those, and those when you the, endings? the only time you look at your phone is in the very beginning when you get a text to wake up to. Got and it. you either decide if you want to text Gary back or not. And then there's an option in the second part of that conversation if you want to send him a photo of uh, mm-hmm. the woman next to you. Or and then, So then at the end, though, your phone pops up with all those different endings. Yeah. So that's to show you what endings you've unlocked. And then as you hover over them, if you don't have them, it gives you a clue of how to get it. I, okay, okay. So that, that makes it a lot better. But... Still watching you do it, it looked like it's a game that would be best suited on a phone. Mm-hmm. Like with when playing Florence, right? It's like a yeah. lot of the stuff that you're doing is super simple and you know exactly what you need to do. It's just a matter of doing it. Doing that with a controller would be infuriating. Gotcha. And like watching what you were doing with the controller there, I was kind of like, that just, uh, he knows what he needs to do or there's a choice he needs to make. This just seems like busy work to mm-hmm. make it a video game instead yeah. of just it being a, a story somewhere. But like, am I wrong about that? I didn't have that problem, but I like visual novels. I like, I like well done visual novels. I like these narrative adventures when they're well done. So for me of like, I was using the stick to move the cursor around a la Destiny, right? Give me a pound there. But you could use the D-pad and kind of lock on to stuff and go that way too. And I'm, I haven't played it on Switch, even though I have it over there. It might be touchscreen there too, which would be a... A more simple blah blah, blah click on mm-hmm. doing thing, but I never that was never a complaint for me. Mm-hmm. It was more of like I, I thought it handled the fast forward feature well of like you can set it to all text or just text you've seen before because obviously when you do a run, you see something, you come back and you want to see a different branch. There's still dialogue choices or there's still conversations that you have with yourself that you need to get through to get to the next thing to change it. What's the tone of the game? Is it funny or is it serious? It can be either. And that's mm. the best part about it, I think, is that it, it like I, I tweeted out, you know, uh, Kevin, if you want to, can you go to my Twitter and bring up the last thing I tweeted up about this game? You want me to link you to it? What is the game about? Because I'm still getting like, uh, we've heard the title. I don't know, like the central concept of this. The concept is you've woken up next to somebody. You don't remember anything. How do you want to handle it? Like, is it like a thriller or like, is it? I mean, like I don't, I, it can be if you want it to be. Like, like there's a there's pills next to the bed. You can look at them and then jump to conclusions about that, which will take you down a very specific ending if you want to go that way. Like you, like it is this idea of, do you want to lie to this woman? How much does she know about you? Uh, and then yeah, what do you want to do? Right? Because there's if Kevin can get to it, keep scrolling. It's still today. I tweet too much. I apologize. <laughs> you're gonna see one that has all sorts of text on it. Keep going. You're almost there. You're almost there. You're, there you go, big guy. That's the one. Right, like every time you end, you walk out of the house, you get a, you get a, you know, the epilogue here of what it is. So like, if you're an audio listener, it says, "The girl waves you goodbye as you step outside her front door. You walk out onto the street and head towards the nearby bus station that she suggested. You smile on your way. It turned out she really is a nice girl, and you stole her panties." Ew, pervert. <laughs> hey man, get that. My trophy. favorite thing about you playing this <laughs> was Nick. Trophy. Yeah, Nick Scarpino looks over at Greg playing this game. Is just like. It looks like you're playing a simulation of a sexual harassment uh, Tra- a training training. <laughs> like when you like you start at Walmart and you're like, what shouldn't you say to so a funny. It does look like that though. Like. Yeah. And so the tone about it is there's funny stuff like that with the panties in it. There's more unfunny stuff. I think the end the true ending, when you've done it all and you've unlocked every one of the endings, is a gut punch. That was like one of those it's like your sister. Ah, <laughs> not exactly. No, not at all. But it was a very much like, oh fuck, I never I, I didn't like you've seen so much and there's narrative threads. You're like, oh, I want to pull on that later. But you, you get pulled away from it. And so to get to the end of it and find out a little bit more and put it, the whole thing in context, you're like, oh, man, I didn't see that coming. Hmm. Like, I, I, if you like these kind of games, if you like those like, kind of explorations, if you like, you know, di- like the w- same way I was with like telling lies of like keeping notes and doing all these different things. If you like 
uncovering stuff and trying to connect it all together. It works for me. Cool. So, like, I've, you've talked about the, like, Nina Freeman's game last week. You've talked yeah. about Telling Lies before. You seems like you prefer these like shorter, like bite-sized visual novels. Yeah, it's, you ever it's in about- between stuff, right? Okay. For me, where it's like I'm on a Borderlands kick, or I'm you know I want to get back and platinum this. I'm waiting for Death Stranding. I'm doing this. Mm. Yeah, like for in between big games or whatever, or just a palate cleanser. Yeah, but like the bigger ones don't necessarily appeal to you, like, like say a Zero Escape series or. Yeah, right. Zero Escape, I didn't like one Vita when I tried jumping into those because mm-hmm. they were too much of like, now, how do you spin the clock and figure out this? I'm like, I don't want a detective mystery in terms of like puzzles. Right. I like the relationships being the puzzle. You know what I mean? Of mm-hmm. like, how to, or even how, yeah, okay, cool. Like, I, she has a guitar there and there's a trophy for her playing it. How do I get to her to playing the guitar? That's right. a different kind of thing. I think actually you might genuinely enjoy Danganronpa. I've tried so many times. Really? Like, I started on Vita. Colin loved. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I would jump in and try to go with it. It just never clicked for me. Hmm. The one I am excited about that you were talking about the other day for me, too, is uh, uh, Return of the Oberdin. Yeah. Where I have, I never played that. Not really like, a visual novel, but yeah. People a- were talking to me about it more of, like, if I liked with Telling Lies, like, the notebook idea, yes. that I could get a kick out of that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, like, I was also, like, on that same track, there's a new game from the guy who made the Zero Escape series called, like, AI The Somnium Files. Okay. That I had not heard about until last week at all, but it sounds like it's more up my alley. It's like a... Like the visual novel thing, but more of a, like a murder, like trial kind of thing. Okay. So I'm gonna look into that sometime soon. But this reminded me to yeah, yeah. give that a shot. Yeah. See, it's something I think about setting too, in the same way that you know the old thing was like, uh, I, I don't like space. Yeah. Because it takes such a specific space video game for me to be interested in it. Like I think these are all, granted, fantastical, but more like based in you know oh this is ha- this happens after you know one night stands after a night of drinking right. Mm-hmm. Nina's thing is just uh, her falling in love. Uh, telling lies is real world you know you know terrorism and all this other stuff mm-hmm. but like it is based on these are people right like that aren't getting super far removed whereas like Dangarapa was like I'm the exceptionally a- average student <laughs> and the exception I'm like alright and the teddy bear's talking I'm like alright you know what I mean yeah. like, it just didn't work for me you need something to hook on to yeah exactly and trying to figure out what happened with the sexual relationship as well? <laughs> and then also, it's I, you know, it run, oh shit, I'm not gonna remember. There's a PlayStation Two game I loved. That was the first time I ever did something like this, and I'll have to look it up and get back to you. Mm-hmm. But it's that idea of like every time that you finish one of those screens, right? It's like that could have gone better. I wonder how else it could have ended. It's like how I feel when I finish them. Mm-hmm. I want to keep seeing it. Like I didn't look at you know for the trophies even. I didn't look at the trophy list for a long time. Like I, I did it. I think you don't want to be spoiled. Yeah, exactly. I didn't want to know what I was actually driving at. I just wanted to see what I could find out about it. Right. Very cool. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you about our sponsors. Our very cool sponsors. Yeah, next week, something I was trying to figure out here, we're sponsored by this thing called uh, Escape the Invasion. Escape Have you heard of this? No. It it reminds me of this Telling Lies thing that you're talking about, uh, where it's like you have to take notes and figure out things it's a weird it's a video game it, it's a real game like it's a life game man no it's escape room uh, it's an oh, escape it room escape. but like yeah. you know we don't need to go anywhere type thing oh okay okay like, you do here. it in your home so oh. yeah. yeah 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 it's, it's uh, interesting it's interesting stuff it looks really cool you get sent this box this week's not sponsored but <laughs> you'll hear all so about this it is next just week for... <laughs> but it's just uh i was trying to figure out because i remember somebody that designed this also worked on telling lies or something yeah okay um but anyway you get this box you have to figure out this mystery it's a neat idea yeah it's cool stuff like um but like a loot box that sends out a a monthly escape room would actually be a pretty cool idea. and that's what it is yeah pretty much and then there's like chapters that you figure out um to like fill the whole story in cool stuff uh greg playstation 4 remote play that's right tim so as everybody knows i am looking forward to the streaming future Stadia, X Cloud. Who's gonna get there first? Who's gonna make it? Negative work? latency, dude. Every yeah, it's gonna predict everything I do. <laughs> Every time 
Uh, I talk about it. Someone will chime up with, well, well, Greg, you already have that ability with remote play. To which I always say, I used remote play on my PlayStation Vita, sir, and it did not work well. <laughs> Good day! And even when they eventually, when they launched the PlayStation uh, remote play apps on iOS, it was, oh, wow, this is cool. Wait, I can't connect the controller. Fuck this. And so with iOS 13, right, they patched, or right before iOS 13, they patched in the ability to use controllers, right? Mm-hmm. I finally sunk one up, went on the road uh, this past weekend, and I'm like, all right, it's the test. I'm in a hotel. I want to play Concrete Genie back home. Let's do it. So I opened the iPad, open remote play, sunk up my controller, which is super easy. You just hold the uh, share. Well, hold on, I got to hold it. Yeah, you hold the PlayStation button and the uh, share button, and then it'll sync to whatever Bluetooth you find to click through, do it. Got it in, started it up, and I was blown away. Concrete Genie ran so well. Streaming. It w- Streaming it to my iPad for on hotel internet. From your it. home PlayStation. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, real fast. How did, because uh, your PlayStation was off, or what happens if you turn your PlayStation off, or how does that work? It's in, it, it, from rest mode, it can boot. It can boot. Ah, so as long as you don't full power off, exactly. you, can you can't full power off. It's got to be remote. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. A feature now. Yeah, that's always been a remote place thing, even with the Vita. Uh, that's yeah, how yeah, it works. Yeah, yeah. And so. I was playing it for like, I'd say probably 45 minutes, just playing it in bed on the iPad. It wasn't artifact like it used to on the Vita. And, great, and this is, I know this is stuff based on years ago, but like similar to how we talk with PlayStation now, it was an experience of, this is cool, not practical, never going to do it again, mm-hmm. bye. So to come back to it and have it run, have it be incredibly low latency, I think maybe, you know, I noticed, oh, maybe I should jump just a little bit earlier, but not to any point where I was like, oh, this is unplayable or, or even really noticing. It's one of those I debated kind of things. Mm-hmm. You know, again, hotel internet, I was like, fine. Then out of the blue, pff, connection error, it's over. It crashed. I'm like, what the fuck? I kept trying to reconnect. It couldn't reconnect. Tweeted about it. And then uh, later in the day, Lucy, my roommate, she sent me a text, and it was her smart lights in her bedroom had informed her that, hey, there had been an internet power outage. The internet went out today, just oh, so yeah, you know. Wi-Fi router. Slash. So it's like nobody was in the house, so I don't exactly know what happened. But it was like, oh, okay, maybe it wasn't a remote place fault. Yeah, your PlayStation was just unreachable. Exactly. House, probably. But I had so much fun with it there, Tim, mm-hmm. that I was like, you know what? Again, Imran, I'm ready for the streaming future. Future. Oh, yeah. And so what I did is I went to the old Amazon.com. You might have heard of them. And I bought one of those doodads you stick on your controller so you can put your phone in it. <laughs> Got yeah. one of those, right? Because I'm like, all right, test an iPad. I was really impressed with it. Will it work mm-hmm. as well on iPhone? Put the I, I connected it to the controller. Put my my iPhone in there. Try it. And in while bed. Jen watched uh, uh, Netflix on the native uh, TV app, to make me make sure I got it. You know what I mean? WebOS. Uh, I booted up the PlayStation through Remote Play, started playing more Concrete Genie there, and it ran, I thought, even better there. Because, again, now it's like on the same Wi-Fi network. We're really close. It's not mm-hmm. hotel internet. We no have good internet at home. Exactly. And had a great time running around and playing on that. And then I try to reconnect uh, here at the office today, and the internet's not strong enough in our office to actually connect <laughs> us. So that's where we're at. Do you, do you know if there's any recommended settings for this? Of course um, there are. I don't know them off the top of my head. I can Google them for you if you like. Yeah. But I, wow. it's, it's just a quick update of like, I think I did, and right or wrong, uh, write it off. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I still don't think it's perfect, right? Like, right. you know, I'm going, uh, at, we go to EGLX next weekend, come see us. And then from there, I'm doing a week of in vacation, uh, vacation with Jen in Montreal, right? In her family's like rural Quebec town. I'm packing my PlayStation 4. I'm not like, <laughs> everything's solved. You know, whatever internet they have. And like, 
when Stadia comes, it's less of an investment of me. I want to try this. And when I get uh, xCloud on the phone, it'll be the same thing. Of like, that's less of an investment of dragging things along. But mm-hmm. I was I was pleasantly surprised with everything. And I think it's a cool fix for me, especially of when I've been playing in the living room. You know, while Jen will watch something on TV, the, I've really lately been breaking out the second PlayStation Four or just the game screen and connecting it to the main PS Four. But that's it's so much less work, right? Of like, boop, yeah. boop this up and have it in so if it's good enough. This is technically not cloud gaming, right? This is your Correct. computer or your P- this is PS Four. Acting as like a tub for your right, my PlayStation Four and my home internet beams it to wherever that beams it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess there's got to be a middleman, right? It beams it up to the cloud. Yeah. I guess, but it's not cloud. It's running from my PlayStation yeah, Four. The, the cloud server. would be up there, like X Cloud and Stadia are. I'm going to the super servers in the sky, and it's coming back to me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's from your home server, right. which is your PlayStation, yeah. which yeah. is actually, that's what Xbox was talking a lot about with um, Scarlet is that other option, right? Yeah. Where, like, just they said, like, from home. And, you can use your Xbox as a server for other people. Exactly. Which is weird, and I don't know what they plan to really do with that, but Same sure. concept. Let them just play from your, your home console. And charge um, them? I, whatever. They, they do recommend uh, a 15 megabits per second down and up. Actually, so cool. pretty high rec. Fifteen up is, up is a the lot. More difficult part. Yeah. I don't know why it says both. I think they're being super safe, but I don't know why sure. they would need that much. Yeah, I think I could do these down. days. Can we just give a shout? There's two two shout outs I want to give, Kev Doc. Here we go, Kev. All right. Yesterday, I was on Amazon. I didn't need to buy anything, but sure. I was just, like, just I was like, what do I want to look for? Every once in a while, I'm just gonna look up hard yeah, drives. Just I just want to see what hard drives are. Yeah, yeah. You know SSD what I mean? SSD price. Uh, I want to know. I want to know that. I want to, but uh, you know, the a nice hefty external hard drive. You can get a. 10, 12, yeah, 10, 10 terabyte. 10 fucking yes. terabyte. Yes. Guess yes. how much? 180 dollars. 200. 10 terabytes? I know because I've been looking at them too. dollars. <laughs> <laughs> 10 terabytes. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. God, what a time to be alive. And then internet. I got a, like, I hate Comcast. Fuck Comcast. But I got an email from Comcast. It's just like, hey, man, guess what? We're upgrading your internet. And I'm hey. like, that's cool. And it, they upgraded the it to like 275 down. Yeah. And I'm just like, Okay. Because eventually I, they'll just take away the upgrade, or like they'll raise the price. I I am well aware and of it's all one that. Of those things where it's but like, I I downloaded the um, f- well, what was it called? 4K 83, the Return of the Jedi right. thing, 65 gigs. Oh baby, Kevin, that yeah. thing was done in like half hour. Insane. Yeah. What a world we live in. I know. I want to shout out Sonic, which is my ISP. It is the best ISP I've ever had. I like gigabit internet. Yeah, Sonic, and like. When I download off Steam, it is not the transfer rate to a hard drive is what's limiting it. Yeah. That's what's slowing it down. Otherwise, it goes like at a good 300, 400 megs a second. Insane. Yeah. Beautiful. That's exciting that it works. I think I'd be curious for you to try a faster moving game. Um, yeah. Like yeah. Vision or, and again, I don't think for latency. Well, that's but the, the thing, right? Of, of like what I, yeah, how do I, like, you know, with us in Borderlands, right? Where again, like I want to chip away at that platinum. I don't want to be doing that on, if it's not running well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the irony is like trying to get it done in a hotel, which is where you want to use it most is the worst place to test it. Weird. But again, like, it worked. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Like Concrete Genie worked. And again, like maybe that wouldn't be for every game I would ever want to play. Mm-hmm. But like I was still like, oh shit, like this yeah. is actually. Yeah, I would have been surprised too. I want I, it. was well above playable. It felt great. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I think awesome. hotel internet is going to be the big limiting factor there. Because yeah. like it worked for you then, but will it work, let's say, at E3 when everyone in the hotel yep. is using it at the same time? Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, I mean, it, bo- it bodes well, certainly. For Stadia and hopefully the new you know cloud platforms from PlayStation and uh, Xbox. Xbox, because you ideally you don't want to go all the way back to your own home server running into yeah. troubles. You do want it running direct from a cloud to as fast to you as possible, which would be even better yeah. and, and hopefully look better. I'm That's what Stadia's whole thing. Is. Yeah, how this gets encoded, the video that gets to you, I guess. 
is your I'll try again. Your PlayStation, I guess, probably is just encoding it uh, because it's not being used. Well, I don't know. In other words, I wonder if it goes through a PlayStation um, uh, cloud to encode the video signal. If you know, I mean, send it in yeah. kindoffunny.com slash gamescast. You're wrong. I said it incorrectly before, so you can put that. You can strike wow. that. Out. I said slash you're wrong, which is for Games Daily. Mm -hmm. so gamescast, you're wrong. Give us the details. There. So what happens when the internet does get disconnected? Like, what happens on the PS4? Now, yeah, that, what does it do? Is it just blow I'm, up? I'm dated on this, and I can't prove it or not, because I, yeah, I, I jokingly tweeted at Lucy, hey, if you get home tonight, my PlayStation's on, turn it off. She didn't tell me if it was or not. <laughs> the way I understood it, because that was a question I asked when it got when PlayStation 4 came out, and they were like, you can use your Vita. From what I understand is if you get disconnected, it should be smart enough to turn itself off, mm -hmm. but I'm not sure if that's... An overall Auto default standby. thing, yeah, exactly. or if it's just a power save function, which I have turned off. It's yeah. probably the general power save. I'd be surprised if it puts it back to sleep after a disconnect, but you never know. Yeah. Yeah. In other words, like mine just will go to sleep eventually if I leave it on. Yeah. Probably, you know, as long as you got that on, you'll be fine. Mm. Hey, bro. It's very cool. Mm -hmm. I'm really interested to hear about ukulele. Yeah, the ukulele in the impossible layer. The impossible layer. So it's a full sequel? Yeah, it's it? sort of. A different style game, yeah. but it's a full sequel. The third one now? This no, is the, it's second. the second one. Yeah. Oh, it the is first, the second. The one. first one was like a Banjo Kazooie. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. know what you click. Copy. Mm -hmm. The second one though is a two D side scroll. It's a Donkey Kong Country platformer. copy. Yeah. So like they they are kind of going back to different rare routes of saying like, hey, we made Donkey Kong Country. Why don't we try you know making that kind of game again? And the problem with ukulele was uh, that it yeah. tried to make a Banjo-Kazooie without really modernizing it. I think we talked before about, you and I about mm -hmm. Mario Odyssey is a more modern example of that kind of game. Ukulele didn't do that. It tried to be that N64 game with better graphics. Mm -hmm. This is more accurately taking from Tropical Freeze. Which is a fantastic yes. inspiration. It is, Tropical Freeze is one of the best, if not the best, 2D platformer out there, period. Absolutely. So I, when you open this, or first play this game, you're like, okay, this is not subtle at all. And I played this at PAX, and I talked to the developers at it. I was like, yeah, this is a lot like Tropical Fees. And they, I don't know if they were joking or they're just trying to avoid the comparison. They're like, yeah, no one must have played that. Probably like, the You motherfuckers, you're lying. Yeah. You're lying to your team. <laughs> you lying, boy. One of you worked they on Tropical Freeze. You can't tell me that. Like, But they're trying to not invite comparison. They're not trying to have that like same thing of you're expecting this exact game, mm -hmm. which is good because it's not the exact game. It's Ooh. a lot more inspired by it. Interesting. How is it different? So the central conceit of this game is that there's an impossible layer, which is the first level in the game. It is a very long 2D platformer gauntlet that has no checkpoints. It has bosses. It is basically a Dan Riker Mario Maker level. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that you can, to get through this level, you can do it on the, at the start of the game, speaking of Breath of the Wild. You can just go right there and do it, but you only get two hits. If you get hit in that Twice in that time, you're, you're out of the level. You have to start over again. As you go through the game on the world map, you start collecting these bees. And the, each, bees. each bee you get at the end of a stage will add another hit to you for the impossible layer. So as you like, there's a very large top-down world map that you're wandering around and you see these open books and you go in them for levels. The, the world map itself has like puzzles and things like that. Like, oh, well, this wall is closing off this area, so I need to grab a bomb from here and quickly get it there. It's, let's say, a very light Zelda-like kind of feel to it. What you can do at, like, I want to say about the thir or 33% of the game, you find out that if you affect those chapters, the books on the world map, with certain things you can do in the world map, then it changes the level. So let's say there's a level early on called, like, the factory level, which is a based around buzzsaws and flowers and all that. It's very Donkey Kong Country. Mm -hmm. 
So you do that level, you come back an hour later, and you set up a thing that you can start water flowing to that level. Once you go set up the water flowing onto it, it becomes a water level that is straight up Donkey Kong Country, aquatic um, ambiance-style music, all that <laughs> Did stuff. David Wise do the music David Wise and Grant Kirkhope are both on the, are composers for it. No shit. Yeah. Okay. So they're, they're, they were tag-teaming again, basically. Damn. So you get some of their best hits from it, and honestly, it's one of the best soundtracks of the year. That's Be- awesome. Yeah. But so there's stuff like that. There's You can throw ice at this one. Yeah, this one is you turn on a machine that lets in a bunch of enemies that are constantly spawning in it. And it seems like an interesting way to like <laughs> reuse the level, but the levels are almost entirely new once you change it. So they're reusing some assets, but the design is different. Hmm. And it f- feels and plays differently. Hmm. So like, I guess the main criticism I have of it is that if you're going in there expecting Tropical Freeze, that's why I'm saying it's not exactly like Tropical Freeze, it'll be disappointing because it's not as polished. And not as polished as a Nintendo game is a pretty weak criticism. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. obviously not going to... Nintendo does that, like, perfectly. Mm-hmm. So you try and get, like... It gets a little repetitive as you start seeing some of the same concepts and areas and, like, all these inside areas look a lot of the same. But it's obviously an indie budget game, so mm-hmm. you understand that a bit better than, like, the $60... Or fifty on yeah, Wii U. Yeah, is it full price? Or? It's thirty or forty, I yeah, think. I'll double check. But it's a very interesting idea. It's a lot harder than I thought it would be. Uh, you the first level, it's like a it's a carousel. Like you're doing, you're just going through and uh-huh. you're collecting all the coins. You're getting everything you need to collect. collect. By the second level, I was losing uh, Lely, who's the bat. Like whenever you get hit, she freaks out and flutters away. So you, what you can do is there are equipable potions. Or tonics, because it's platonic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. So you uh, can you can spend like the the leaves or thirty fed- bucks. Yeah. You can spend. So I'll get to that in a second. Uh, you can spend the um, feathers to buy tonics, and what that will do is you can either make the game easier or harder on yourself by doing them. So for example, there's a tonic that puts googly eyes on every enemy. Cool. That also makes them harder. So they take one more hit. There's a tonic that makes Lely's escape less frantically, so she'll be easier to catch, and then you won't have to lose the hit. Or things like oh, that. Okay, so her escaping, you have to get it, so it's kind of like uh, Yoshi's Island? Yeah. With Baby like Mario, Mario popping yeah. hmm. so if you use So like, if you use a tonic that makes the game easier, you get less feathers, or quills, I think they are. Uh, if you make it the game harder, then you get more. So you're kind of gambling through. Like, You never game over. There are no lives, so as long as you have a checkpoint, you're good. So the, with the tonics, can you play a couple levels on hard and then drink yeah. the other tonic and like change it up on the fly? Every time you open a, or, or go into a level, it gives you your, this is your set of tonics. You can change it up there. You can turn them off completely. You can do whatever. If you want to go into an earlier one and start grinding quills, you can do that too. Very cool. So like in the world map, there's one joke I like. This, granted, I've never liked this like rareware style of humor, but there's one joke I like where the snake and our friend, NPC, whatever. Snake friends. He sets up a wall. Snake friends. And for you, you have to spe- or collect coins in the game or in the levels to like get past this wall. And he's like, oh, well, yeah, it's a modern game, so you obviously I erected a paywall for you. There we go. Got him. And that's how they lock off new things and like, it's... Got, got. I genuinely like the game. Yeah. I think it's a little repetitive where I'm like, I'm about I want to say halfway through at this point. Okay. About like eight, nine chapters in. But I genuinely think it's their best attempt at a new platform or revival in a long time. That's awesome to hear. So Tropical Freeze, I freaking love it. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on some of the other Donkey Kong Country games? 
I would say two is one of the best. Two is the best one for sure. It's one of the best two-day platformers. I like this guy. I like this guy a lot. <laughs> yeah. Sixty-four is a terrible, terrible thing that we don't. We're talk not talking about, about that. Yeah. Just, just the country games. Uh, I would, I would go Tropical Freeze two, Returns three, one. Cool. Oh, dude. Oh, three's no. Three's the bottom. But where do you think <laughs> you're only halfway through this, so it might not be mm-hmm. fair to fully say it. But where do you think this would fall on that list? I'd probably put it above Returns. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I didn't like Returns that much. Me neither. Yeah. I think they really nailed it with Free Tropical Freeze. Like that is, like I said, one of the best, probably the best 2D platformer out there. Yeah. And like they, they mostly nail the emulation of this, like in terms of controls mm-hmm. and style, visual design. Like they straight up rip off that one Tropical Freeze thing of every piece of the environment has some reason to be there. Mm-hmm. So it's not that not just platforms floating in the sky or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like that's one of the things I loved about Tropical Freeze is so much care was put into the fact that if something is falling on you or you're landing on something, there's an environmental reason for it to be there. Mm-hmm. So they ripped that off completely, but it's for the better. Yeah. yeah. Man, oh, you got me really Inspired stuck. By I'm yeah. definitely going to play it. I definitely say you should give it a shot. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's $30 game. It looks like on Best Buy it said $40 on Switch. I don't know. Might why. be for the, the uh, physical edition. Oh, that is for the physical edition. I was yeah. going to PlayStation Store. Why is it thirty dollars for the physical edition? Because the other tr- Switch cards cost money. Got to pay that ah, truck we're driver for sixty-four days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't even realize that uh, there was that price discrepancy. Nintendo can't afford to pay for the <laughs> difference. Sorry, <laughs> uh, friend. Real quick. Yes, sir. Destiny Two. Yeah, uh, we can always return to this another time if you want. I don't know how much time we have left, but uh, when I came on the show last week, you know, we were only a couple days into Shadowkeep. I was preparing for the raid. Played, uh, I believe, all the story by then, though, so I kind of got a taste of that. But now I'm getting deeper into the endgame grind, but I got to do the raid. And as a reminder, when I do the raid, it's for Worlds First. Uh, that came out on Saturday, so I played with the Destiny Community Podcast Did group. you do it? No. <laughs> Try, we're, if we ever get World First, it will be uh, amazing. It's not that it's not possible, but, I mean, you're playing up against people who are... They spend, in, every day of the week in Destiny, they spend 100 hours on it optimizing already. Uh, they have every last thing, and they're just incredibly good. I mean, they're, they're eSports level pro players with their thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, we uh, did really well, though. Uh, we played for about 14 hours the first day. We got to the end, and under contest what, contest, what they do is they keep you about 20 levels under the power of the enemies, and that's a pretty big differential that um, it hurts a lot. And so it gets tougher and tougher as you go towards the end. So we, after the 14 hours, we could have kept going probably, I'd say, for another eight or nine hours, or if we got lucky, three, and we would have been, you know, in the top, say, 200 people or 100 people probably. But we went to bed, slept, you know, for a reasonable amount of time, came back the next day where they on. Uh, they took the cap off. What that means is now, for example, when we were in the end, uh, I was 920 hard cap um, on that, meaning I couldn't be any more powerful no matter if my light was higher, and it was. The bosses are like 940. So when I came in the next day, it turned out I was actually, my power was like 930-something. So again, you're only seven light levels away from the boss. So anyway, where I'm going with this is it was much easier the next day, but still a very difficult encounter. If you don't know a lot about Destiny, what makes raids so special Six people in a, a raid doing first-person shooter, you know, uh, combat together, but all these new RPG elements on top of working together to solve stuff. So without spoiling anything, the raid has a mechanic throughout it uh, where you have to tether, uh, wire together, stand close enough, and get that wire to move to things and do things. And so you're in the middle of, like, super intense combat doing that. It was, it was very difficult, a lot of fun staying alive. So anyway. The strands that connect you. 
strands. Oh, it's a strand game. There's a yeah. there's a stranding. There's only one strand. Game. <laughs> there's a social strand system in Destiny's Raid. How could that be? Jeff Keighley's Somebody like, tell and the award for best strand game goes to <laughs> Destiny <laughs> 2. Kojima pulls up. Turns into a wrestling match all of a sudden. Um, anyway, so the raid is really cool. One of my favorites. Beautiful. These things are tough to get into, but if you really do try, and it won't take you that long. I'd say if you just hop, here's the cool part, right? I've been playing Destiny since Destiny 1 for, you know, 2,500 hours. You don't have to do all that. You can hop straight in. You're already leveled up to 750, right? The power now that you would need to be for the raid, I'd say get up to about 920. So you're only going from 750 to 920, which I would say you can do in 20, 30 hours, depending, you know, somewhere in there, maybe more, depending on um, how you're doing, but... Then you can go in and just go to like an LFG group or there's places and you can you can do this without having, say, five very close friends that you go in with. That's my preference. But it's such a cool experience. It's unforgettable experiences. These raids, I mean, I can pinpoint where I was, you know, the day and the temperature outside sometimes for these raids. Because At your house in front of your computer. <laughs> no, I was on PlayStation all through Destiny 1, Greg. Yeah, Don't end the launch of Destiny were, 2, buddy. And then you Still, became a traitor. I told you, Greg, when you are ready and have the time, I, you know, we want to get you back. out there and, and we'll play on PlayStation because I can do cross-save now. So, friend, so anyway, raid, totally cool. If, if people want to hear much more in-depth yeah. Destiny 2 talk, <laughs> out of time. Where, could, where could they look? Uh, well, we'll talk about it more here on the show. I'll be darn sure of that. However, uh, head over, honestly, any night of the week, Pacific time after about 9 or 10 uh, Pacific time, you can head over to my Twitch channel, FM3 underscore. A lot of destiny there. There you go. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get to the post show. Thank you very much for joining us. If we got anything wrong, go to kindofunny.com slash gamescast. You're wrong to let us know what we got wrong. Oh, Greg, I just got something cool. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm excited. I know what that is then. Post show time, baby. <laughs>